Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hey, welcome to Politico Tech. Today is Thursday, August 10th. I'm your host, Stephen Overly. 2024 is poised to be the deep fake election. Artificial intelligence is making it easier than ever to fabricate images, audio, and video that look believable, believable enough to dupe voters. And already, campaigns and political groups are trying to pass off the fakes as the real deal. So what's Washington doing about it? Not much, at least not yet. But there is a petition in front of the Federal Election Commission today that tries to address this problem. Public Citizen is the advocacy group behind that effort. And for today's show, I spoke with the group's president, Robert Weissman. Now, the FEC already struck down this petition once before in a partisan vote. But Weissman tells me why he's hopeful today will be different and how politicians and voters alike stand to suffer if it fails again. It seems like 2024 is actually shaping up to be like the deep fake election. What's your assessment there? I think that's right. I think that there have been people primarily in the tech space who've seen this coming. I don't think the the world of political actors has really absorbed it, certainly not in the past and not even yet, I don't think. But we can see where we are at this moment in time. And they're good enough for some deep fakes to start being deployed. And at the pace of the technology evolving, I think we're going to have very high quality deep fakes in advance of 2024. And in the absence of some federal prohibition on the use of deep fakes, I think it's a near certainty that political actors of all political stripes will will use them. Well, I, the, I want to talk about a recent example that Public Citizen has highlighted, which is this new television ad from Never Back Down, which is a super PAC that is supporting uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. For, for those who haven't seen it, can you just kind of talk us through like what what this ad looks like and and when kind of the deep fake comes into play? Well, it's an attack on President Trump, uh, and it is trying to highlight his criticisms of the Iowa governor, um, which he has in fact made. Governor Kim Reynolds is a conservative champion. She signed the heartbeat bill and stands up for Iowans every day. So why is Donald Trump attacking her? I opened up the governor. And then it goes to a photo of Trump and an audio recording. For Kim Reynolds, in which she fell the image is I a static picture of Trump. Big rallies, and she won. Now she wants to remain neutral. You I know the kind of lines you'd see on a, an audio box moving up and down while Trump is speaking and saying things, except that it's not Trump speaking. It's an AI-generated voice that sounds a lot like Trump, not perfectly, but a lot like Trump, so much so that if you're not listening carefully, you wouldn't notice it, uh, pretending to be Trump when it's not Trump. When you first saw this TV ad, what was your initial reaction just as a viewer and someone who thinks critically about this space? Well, truthfully, I didn't see it organically. Uh, I think I saw it highlighted in Politico, as a matter of fact, and then went to it. So I was primed to know it was a deep fake when I looked at it. On the first listen, since I knew it was a deep fake, I could hear it. Uh, On the second listen, I could hear it a lot more. But as I said, I'm someone who's highly conscious of this issue, and I was primed by Politico to be looking for it or listening for it. 
I think if you'd seen this ad on TV as an average person, the odds are very small you would have realized it was a fake. Were you surprised to kind of see this in a TV ad that a super PAC is putting out? You know, in some ways, a lot of these deep fakes we've seen kind of feel like memes or videos that have like floated up through like the social web and not necessarily come from bona fide political advocacy organizations. I would say I was not surprised. Uh, in part because there was one immediate precedent from the DeSantis campaign floating on its social media account, an AI-generated fake image of Donald Trump hugging and kissing Tony Fauci. I think he's a wonderful guy. Should you have fired Fauci? So a lot of people asked me that question, and I did it. So we had an immediate precedent from this campaign. But beyond that, if the technology is good enough, I, I take it as an article of truth that all kinds of campaigns and especially outside groups are going to use this technology without regard to what I or others might think are the ethics of doing so. If it's legal, they're going to do it. That's just what campaigns do. They fight hard. They're going to use every tool at their disposal. This is now a tool available, and it's going to become a much better tool in the months and the next year ahead. They're already good enough to fool you if you're not paying careful attention. I think audio deepfakes are probably the most cue most closely to authentic sounds right now. I'm not sure that the DeSantis campaign or the DeSantis super PAC used the best available technology for deepfakes. I think they probably could have made a better one. And going forward, I think uh, other organizations, other super PACs, other outside groups are going to do exactly that. I do want to confirm for the listener, Rob and I are both real. This is not an audio uh, deepfake, although I imagine that's what a deepfake might say if it were trying to uh, pass itself off as, as real. You mentioned some sort of federal, the need for federal regulation or federal legislation in this space. Public Citizen is pushing right now for the Federal Election Commission to come out with rules against this, but running into opposition there. What exactly are you asking for and why is it not happening? Well, we've petitioned the Federal Election Commission to use its existing statutory authority to prohibit deepfakes to the extent they can. Uh, we believe under existing law, the agency can prohibit the use of deepfakes by candidates, their campaigns, and political parties. They don't have the authority uh, to deal with outside groups under existing law, but we think they should do what they can. The authority exists under something called fraudulent misrepresentation. It obviously precedes the rise of deepfakes. It basically says one candidate can't pretend to be the other, uh, which is exactly what a deepfake is. We filed a petition with the agency to ask for a rulemaking. On a 3-3 vote, the commissioners decided not to proceed, primarily based on a, a technical argument that I think was flawed, as well as some substantive concerns. So we've just refiled a petition that addresses the technical argument, I think, and cures it, and also speaks to the substantive issues that they raised. Uh, and we're very hopeful they're going to move forward uh, open the process up for, for comments, and then we hope move forward with an actual rulemaking. Well, I know in the initial petition, that was struck down by the three Republican commissioners on the FEC, and uh, at least one of them made the point that they, they did not feel the FEC had the authority to address this, that that was something Congress would need to either do itself or or bestow on the body. I I mean, is this a partisan issue? I mean, it, it, you you have to notice that it's three Republican commissioners who voted against it versus Democrats who were who were in favor. 
Right. Well, let me just sort of parse that out. So just on the substantive issue, the question is whether the agency has authority. And I think if you don't look carefully, it's possible to think it doesn't have the authority. The agency doesn't generally regulate political speech. There's been no statute passed around the issue of deepfakes, which is obviously a novel one. But if you actually look at the existing statute, um, we tried to argue this much more in much more detail in our revised and just resubmitted petition. This, the language prohibiting fraudulent misrepresentation definitely applies. So we're hopeful that on a relook, the commissioners will assess that differently. On the question of whether it's partisan, the FEC is partisan. It's generally ground to a halt through partisan gridlock. Complaints just don't move forward. New rulemakings don't move forward. It's been that way for more than a decade. Many people, including Public Citizen, label it the most dysfunctional agency in Washington, D.C., and there are obviously a lot of tough competitors for that title. That said, and so, and, and, and I think there's, it's fair to say, and I don't think the, the Republican commissioners would disagree, they are at minimum regulation skeptics. So they don't want to move forward with, with new regulation in the election space by and large. And I think that absolutely impacted how they assessed the petition that we filed on first blush. However, the issue itself is not partisan. And I don't see any reason that there should be a partisan divide in assessing this issue. If there are Republicans or if there are Democrats who think that only Republicans are going to use this tool, they are wrong. It is a near certainty that all political actors, all the outside consultants, all the outside organizations will use this tool if it's legal to do so. Uh, and moreover, candidates are going to face this problem in primary. So even if you think it's only a Republican issue, which it's not, as you can see already, it's cropping up in Republican primaries. No one wins from this because there's no effective response to at least a high quality deepfakes. You're stuck trying to argue about whether something is true or not. It's just a morass. And there's very difficult to overcome the initial presumption by the people who first saw the deepfake ad or communication that it's real. Very, very difficult to overcome it. Something that just appears to be true to an average person, and you have to go around denying that it's true, you're in a losing position as the victim of that, as a candidate. There's an additional problem that goes beyond the individual cases, which is as this becomes more prevalent, and assuming it does, voters will start to question whether authentic media, video, audio, photo stills are real. And we're going to have a real problem just in trust, not in terms of whose facts are right or whose version of the story is right, but just what we see in front of our eyes. Is that thing actually authentic or not? And it's very hard to see how the democracy can function well in that circumstance. Candidly, I already find sometimes I'm skeptical of like what I'm seeing. For better or worse, you do kind of have to question a lot of the stuff that comes across your phone or, or your computer screen. I think that's true. I think the, the deep fake world is orders of magnitude worse than anything we've ever seen with, you know, Photoshop or just people putting together text that's deceptive or just telling lies. Uh, it is a qualitatively different thing. It is a fundamental fraud. It's very going to be very difficult to, to disprove in some cases, maybe even impossible. And there's not really a solution for it except to just prohibit it altogether. You mentioned that 
politicians of all kind of, you know, political stripes will tap this technology. Are we seeing any examples yet of Democrats or independents that are using deep fakes in, in ads or, or in other ways? I don't think there have been too many examples. Uh, a mayoral candidate, a Democratic mayoral candidate in Chicago uh, claimed that he was victimized by, by deep fake audio. But we're still in the early stages of this. But as you know, the technology is evolving very, very quickly. And you, when you have these kind of new innovations, you know, people may think that government is slow acting and stuff, but actually political actors are some of the first movers with these kind of new technological innovations. I think the, the biggest fear from sort of deep fakes, which is going to be a big societal problem, are in politics and financial markets where the stakes are really high. People try to use every possible tool uh, and they've got incentives and rewards uh, to do it so long as it's legal. I mean, you sort of hinted at this before, but really what you're asking here for and what others are asking for is for politicians to regulate themselves, which I think we both know is, is sometimes like a very heavy ask because anything, any any technology or, or any campaign tool they take off the table for others, they effectively take off the table for themselves. Well, we'll see. I don't actually see this in, in this as falling into that pattern, which is absolutely a true one. So if you think about, for example, trying to regulate campaign spending, you know, it may benefit one party or another. It actually flows over time. It changes. But it's sort of definitionally true that everybody who's elected to office benefited from the system that was in place and has an interest in not reforming it away. Deepfakes are not something that anybody's already relied on. So no one has a vested interest in it. And while it's true that any candidate or their backers can use it offensively, it's equally true that anybody can be victimized by it. And I think if, there's no one who should see themselves as being immune to being targeted by this. What our hope is, is they can all see themselves personally as the potential victims and try to preclude that from happening. And that also, since it will align with their personal interests, that they see the societal danger as well. You know, with those dangers in mind, like what is the worst case scenario here in your view? You know, if Federal Election Commission or Congress don't act on this ahead of 2024, like what's the worst case scenario we're looking at? I think there are a lot of worst case scenarios that all lead to elections being decided by deep fakes. You can imagine a, a, a close election uh, two days before uh, uh, Election Day, uh a bombshell, but persuasive deep fake is introduced on social media. Uh, the victim candidate is takes pains to deny it, but the deep fake looks really real. And the, what it portrays is really devastating that it moves swing voters, which don't, you know, you don't need to move too many in too many states to be consequential. And it changes the election outcome. Um, a comparable scenario would be a candidate denying something that is authentic, uh, claiming it's a deep fake and being able to mute the impact it would have. I think, for example, if we've been living in the world of deep fakes and the access Hollywood tape came out in 2016, or came out, Donald Trump would have simply denied that it was real. Uh, he's got that instinct already. Uh, and that, but that would have been a much more credible claim, uh, in the world of deep fakes. And instead of people being able to make a judgment, based on the reality of that tape, there would have been a debate about its veracity and uh, it may not have had the impact that it did. And then the other, you know, deeper uh, 
and really more fundamental, although obviously affecting an outcome is would be catastrophic. The deeper and more fundamental problem is that people stop believing what's before their eyes, um, which exactly as you say, this exists already to some extent. But every bad tendency we have for tribalism will be reinforced. If you can't, if you're free to disbelieve anything you see, uh, and you have to make a choice about what's real, because you actually can't trust anything that you see or hear, then all that can do for you is is reinforce the paradigm that you look at the world. Uh, you dismiss that even more any contrary information and everything that reinforces your existing worldview. You accept. Uh, so I think this has the potential to significantly worsen the worst tendencies in the current political landscape in a, in a deep and persistent way, in addition to on top of the problem of potentially affecting specific election outcomes. It sounds like we're living in like a sci-fi political thriller. <laughs> it's like October surprise, uh, deep fake edition or something. Well, I'd rather not live in that world, which is why I hope we can get, get this stuff banned from use. And by the way, a ban is not that big a deal. I think if you have prominent disclosures, you've just, you've destroyed it as a deep fake. What do you anticipate is next on this? I know you've refiled the petition with the FEC. I mean, what's the next realistic step here in, in your view? I think there's three things. Uh, one is the, the FEC will move forward with their process, uh, and hopefully we have a better outcome. Uh, and are able to move the process forward at the agency. Second, Congress is looking at this, and I'm hopeful. There are a few bills that have already been introduced. Uh, I'm hopeful that we can get to a place where there's, there's a bipartisan group that's trying to advance uh, the deep fake prohibition. Uh, and too soon to say, but I think there's reason to be optimistic about that. And then third is action in the states. Uh, where Washington state has already taken action to, to ban political deepfakes and other states might do that or other agents, other state election boards uh, may use powers like what the FEC could do to ban it in their own states. Got it. Well, I guess it's sort of a, a race against the clock to see if any of those, any of those actually uh, plays out in what the next 14 you're, months you're 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 a reporter and you're skeptical but we're planning on winning that race that's all for today's politico tech what technology is giving you heartburn ahead of the 2024 election tell us about it at techpodcast at politico.com and for more tech news subscribe to our newsletters digital future daily and morning tech music in today's show comes from the mysterious breakmaster cylinder Our senior producer is Annie Reese. Our editors are Steve Heuser and Louisa Savage. I'm Stephen Overly, and I'll see you back here tomorrow.